This is a special coronavirus edition of This Week in Health Innovation on Healthcare Now Radio. I'm Greg Masters, Managing Director of Health Innovation Media, the show's producer and your host. Today's episode is titled, Flattening the COVID-19 Curve, One Company's Contribution to Mitigate Demand for Acute Healthcare Services. My guests are Dr. Phil Marshall, co-founder and chief product officer, and Murray Brzezinski, chief executive officer of Conversa Health. For detailed bios on both, go to www.conversahealth.com and select the Team tab. So let's get started, gentlemen, with daily reporting of troublesome stats, including new cases and deaths, as well as emerging hotspots throughout the United States, and authoritative modeling of where we're headed with respect to COVID-19's likely impact on the demand for scarce U.S. healthcare resources and supplies, including personal protective equipment, or PPE, essential for an at-risk acute care workforce under stress with some exhibiting classic signs of PTSD. Clearly, this is an all-hands-on-deck moment. So let's start with a brief introduction to Conversa Health, the company's mission and unique technology platform and what you've launched in an effort to mitigate demand on an increasingly stressed acute care delivery system. Sure, Greg. Thank you so much for having Phil and I on. Conversa Health, in a nutshell, we've developed a virtual care and communication platform that allows health systems to manage patients at scale, and it's been designed to really meet the quadruple aim of healthcare. And in this age of COVID, we've added a fifth dimension to that, which is helping health systems and patients stay connected without getting infected, both for the patient and for the provider. And we recognize, as you eloquently said, that we're at crisis uh, proportions now with the virus. And there's kind of three things that lots of different organizations are trying to do to address it. I think they fall into three categories. One is flattening the curve, right? So we can bring the peak down so we have the capacity to manage the patients. Number two is increasing physical capacity, which lots of factories now making ventilators. There was a great, one of our partners at Prisma developed a ventilator that could treat up to four patients versus one. So that's increasing physical capacity and then increasing virtual capacity, which is the category that we fall into. So we very quickly under Phil's direction created four COVID-19 programs that address various bottlenecks in capacity. The first one is screener and triage. So quickly screening Uh, the worried well out of the system so they don't clog up the telehealth and the in-person capacity, and then screening and triaging those that are likely to have the virus into the right, very precise locations and resources that can help them get tested and get care. The second one is quarantine. So as more and more people are put into quarantine because they've tested positive or are weeding results uh, or negative but at risk, it, it guides them through checking their symptoms daily and how to care for themselves and stay safe. The third is delivering lab results. So call centers are overwhelmed. So we've got health systems that are delivering lab results through our platform in an automated fashion and then providing patients with guidance depending on their results. And then we have one that's, that's geared toward healthcare workers to screen whether or not they're safe to work each day so that they don't potentially inadvertently affect other healthcare workers and patients. Just as context, that sounds like a lot in a very short period of time. Conversa seems to be in a sweet spot, which is the emergence and the relevance of telemedicine or telehealth technology, as well as some of the AI-assisted stuff you have going in the chatbot area. So, Phil, do you want to weigh in a little bit about why that's timely at this point and what sounds like a rather broad agenda 
seems very apropos to what health systems are going to need to mitigate that, that demand on limited resources. Sure, Greg, I'd be happy to. I think that what we're seeing in this crisis is not just a challenge of traditional capacity. Traditional capacity has been enhanced through e-visits, obviously, being able to remotely assess a person's critical in order to maintain the health and safety of our healthcare workers. But even synchronous e-visits have now run into a capacity challenge. And the truth is that the great deal through automated conversation, through automated technologies, to be able to help screen individuals to see if they are exhibiting symptoms of COVID-19, to be able to screen employees to make sure that they're okay to come to work. The ability to support quarantine patients with regular symptom analysis and ongoing support. Um, and so, so what we found is that uh, just as telehealth for many years has been able to extend the capacity of a traditional healthcare system, now that capacity for even telehealth is challenged because there are only so many providers and so many time slots that a synchronous, that's synchronous um, solution can, can provide. And so automated solutions have been able to scale that with our customers uh, tremendously. And, and in a very short period of time, I'm proud of uh, Conversa and the team and, uh, and Murray's work to help us to uh, be in a great position to be able to support our healthcare system customers um, in, in delivering a very scalable solution that, that helps them to overcome the capacity crisis, even with telehealth services in place. And just for those who don't get the synchronous versus asynchronous line here, you want to elaborate on that? Again, just echoing what Phil said. So uh, telehealth visits are wonderful because you can have the patient be separated from the physician. You don't have this risk of infection. It's certainly more efficient, but it's synchronous in the sense that you still require the patient to be talking to the provider, the doctor or the nurse at the same time, whereas asynchronous is communication and outreach and data collection to see how the patients are doing can be done on the patient's schedule without the provider being involved synchronously at the same time in the process. So it, it really, if you think about it, 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 the asynchronous management of patients, the remote patient monitoring, the remote patient engagement piece is kind of a front end, natural front end to telehealth. It triages only those patients that need that synchronous real-time visit with the doctor so you can have many, many more patients being cared for and treated than you could with just the synchronous connection to a, to a provider. So clearly, we're in a time where there's a lot of scrambling going on, and there's a wide berth of ecosystem players here. Let's talk specifically about what you've launched, who you're working with, and where are you at in the glide path of what might be considered various modules. Yeah, so all of the four modules that we've just discussed, so the, the screener triage, the quarantine checks, the lab results, and the employee health screener are, are all available and being used by various health systems around the country. So we've got, for example, UCSF using the employee health screener with thousands of employees and healthcare workers every day. So in order to get cleared before they go to work. They go through this program and lets them know whether they're cleared. If they're cleared, 
with no conditions if they're cleared, but they have to wear a mask. If they're cleared, but they can't work with immunocompromised patients, they get a certification sent to their phone. They hold it up at their building, and it's required to actually get in the building. And for those that are told to stay home, it, it tells them why, and there's a, a lot of data for UCSF to look at and see who's, who's been told to stay home because of potential exposure risk versus symptoms, et cetera. We've got University of North Carolina Health using the quarantine program with thousands of patients today checking their symptoms daily and getting guidance on how to stay safe. We've got a number of large health systems that have sent the triage and screener to millions of patients and, and people in their communities. And then Northwell Health in New York is using the lab results program to deliver lab results to thousands of, uh, of their patients. So all of them are out in the world. They're all helping with various people on the front lines to, to really deal with the crisis, both for community members, patients, and, and employees, healthcare workers. So I'm on your site. Uh, you mentioned UCSF and Northwell, as well as UNC, I guess Chapel Hill. So if the hottest spot there might be the Northwell Health System, which is in the center, ground zero, if you will, in, in New York City and state. Can you share any more about how that uptake's going, and can you see some mitigation impact at this point, or is it too early? No, we were absolutely seeing. So, so Northwell is a longstanding partner of Conversa, and they're using lots of different virtual care platforms from us for their patients, both chronic and acute and surgical. So there's, a, there's an increased demand for that, so you can keep those vulnerable populations being cared for virtually versus risking you know, having to come into the system at this time. And then on the labs program that they're using, they, they very quickly got overwhelmed in their call centers. And so they're using this program to deliver lab results, both, both positive and negative results and guidance for those, those people because they just don't have the bandwidth to have call center personnel uh, calling each of these patients with results, which is what they were previously doing. So it's very acute uh, in terms of the situation there. Their CEO, Michael Dowling, is on the Capacity Council for New York, uh, tapped by the governor there to do that. And so we are, we're pretty involved in all the different initiatives Northwell has going on. So you guys are actually in a very sweet spot, not to mention your histories, your vets in the space, long-term tech background, deeply rooted in, in health innovation. Let's talk about what you can tell us in, in terms of results. What can you share with us? We feel very grateful, obviously, that we're in a position where we we can help. And our, our screener triage program, for example, it's been designed with CDC guidance. We're working with our, our uh, top epidemiologists and our health system partners. It's updated daily as uh, knowledge about the virus changes. And what we're seeing right now is that 85% roughly of the people who are very worried about the virus that go through and check their symptoms and their exposure risk, who have the opportunity to go to a free e-visit. So you're worried you're checking your symptoms, you're at home. Most of those people are overwhelming the system and going for these free visits. We're finding that 85% of those people are being screened out. So they're taking a sigh of relief and saying, I'm, I'm most likely, I'm not at risk. I'm not going to avail myself of the free visits. And so that's working like a charm. It's basically removing all these people that could potentially be clogging it for people that vitally need the system. And then on the flip side, roughly 70% of the people who the system is flagging as potentially at risk or potentially based on symptoms might have the virus are, are going and availing themselves of that e-visit. Now, the other 30% could very well be going to other resources, calling their doctors, but it's a large percentage. So if we look at it, it's, it's doing what it's designed to do, which is managing the utilization of capacity very effectively, getting the word well out of the way and, and directing people who need this 
further testing or care to specific resources. And similarly with our health screener, we're finding that thousands of healthcare workers and employees at one of our health systems every day are getting screened. About 1.8% of the people are being told to stay home. Sounds like a low percentage, but on thousands of people, that's 40, 50 people a day who are basically at home being screened out. So they're not at the building taking their temperature. They're not potentially exposing other people. And then a number of others, about 1% of folks are being told they can go to work, but they need to wear a mask and not work with immunocompromised patients. So it's, it's, it's doing its job in that respect. And then those that are cleared for work are getting this certificate so they can just hold it up at the door like a fast pass at Disneyland and they can go through in seconds versus waiting online out in the rain for, you know, for a long period of time, which is what was happening, pre happening previously. So a lot of really good, good results. And I'll, I'll hand it off to Phil to talk a little bit about some of our experience with our, our lab results program. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to a special coronavirus edition of This Week in Health Innovation on Healthcare Now Radio. We're discussing flattening the COVID-19 curve, one company's contribution to mitigate demand for acute healthcare services. My guests are Dr. Phil Marshall, co-founder and chief product officer, and Murray Brzezinski, chief executive officer of Conversa Health. Sure. Thanks, Murray. So when... Northwell, the largest health system in New York and an important customer of, of Converse's, came to us right at the onset of this crisis. They weren't able to deliver lab results conveniently quickly to, to patients. You know, they, like all health systems, have challenges in having all their patients have access to their patient portal, and, and they wanted to make sure that these results got in, into the patient's hands as quickly as possible. And so they work with Conversa to be able to deliver those COVID test results to patients using our chat platform and helping to reassure patients who've been tested negative, uh, but also to be able to provide the, the kind of, of guidance systematically that is needed when a person tests positive, uh, to support them with the education. They need the instructions on how to avoid infecting others and and basically to quarantine, which is another program that we're launching actually today with them as well, is to support those patients in an ongoing way in that very important 14-day period of time after testing positive. This um, particular uh, deployment and our partnership with Northwell is uh, personally meaningful to me in another way. In 2014, I helped to lead an effort to allow consumers, patients, to be able to access their test results. Up until that time, while HIPAA had enabled consumers to be able to access their clinical data whenever they, whenever they desired, laboratory test results were carved out of that. Laboratory test results could only be delivered by a physician, and so consumers could not go and get those test results unless it were delivered personally. And that obviously is, is a barrier to making sure that this information, this critical information, is in people's hands as quickly and efficiently as possible, as long as it comes with the right kind of guidance. And so um, I, have to, I have to give some credit to my good friend, Ann Waldo, who's a fantastic privacy counsel and, and advocate for consumer access to their own health information. She helped craft a consensus letter in 2014 that helped to motivate HHS to change that regulation and enable test results to be accessible by consumers. And now today, to be able to see this critical, 
coronavirus set of test results be able to be delivered through a chat right into the patient's hand so conveniently. Uh, it's humbling, and, uh, and I'm, I'm so glad that we're able to be a part of that and end of a chapter of lab results not being able to be so easily accessible. So with health system capacity being the real problem, let's talk a little bit about what the first dog in the hunt here, which apparently you guys are burning the midnight oil with within seven days, Conversa developed and launched the Coronavirus Health Chats program, which is a public free service where anyone can check symptoms and be directed to local resources. Give us a little context on that and talk about the experience. Uh, sure, Greg. I'd, I'd be happy to uh, provide a little bit of information on that. And so the experience is completely frictionless. And that's really what we like to be our calling card. One of our calling cards at, at Converse is, is completely frictionless access for people to be able to get right into the information that, that they need in a way that's personalized, automated, but, but so easy to access. And so consumers can text a keyword virus, for example, to a five-digit short code, 83973, and be able to get right into the screening chat available online. We have a number of partners, including HealthGrades, that has created a custom provider list in everyone's zip code of providers that could be contacted to be able to provide further evaluation or testing, as well as many of our, our health system customers who each are able to route their own populations right into the resources that they need. And here, they, uh, the patient can, in the convenience of their own home, be able to learn more about the virus, learn more about symptoms, evaluate their own symptoms through a symptom, a sophisticated symptom analysis, which we keep up to date uh, with the latest information from the CDC and the World Health Organization to be able to understand what testing entails, uh, whether or not they might be appropriate for testing, which, as we know, has been quite limited, as well as, as answers to other key questions. And they can also sign up for text alerts, which come to them and keep them apprised of all of the most critical developments on a daily basis. And so enabling that tool to be so easily accessible, branded by our customers, driving people by zip code right into the resources that they're offering for their local populations has become critically important at this juncture. And where and how does one access this service? One can access this service by texting the word virus to 83973. And uh, each of our customers also offers their own way of getting into that service for their own local population as well. They'll be communicating that out to their respective patient populations. But the easiest place to, to go is texting virus to 83973. Or you can also go to coronavirushealthchats.com. Thanks for that, Phil. Murray, anything to add? That uh, program is what we're calling it for the health systems, the, the COVID screener triage uh, program. So we launched that first, as Phil said, to the public, and it's doing the same thing. It's helping people get educated, understand how to you know, care for themselves, check symptoms, check exposure risk, look at travel risk, so to screen themselves out if they're unlikely to have the virus and to provide them triage to local resources. We then put that screen or triage name on it, and we've made it available in a highly customized way for health systems to use in their communities. Thanks, Murray. And then after that, seven days later, Converse launches four additional enterprise programs. Talk a little bit about that. This is a real testament to my colleague here, Dr. Phil Marshall, in really, really having these close relationships that Converse does with our health system partners. So, you know, as Phil said about the 
you know, the lab results that the reason it works so successfully is some foresight to be able to make it easier to get lab results legally back in 2014. The ability to have a virtual care platform and understand the value of that and put it in place allowed us to work with systems that had already done that with Conversa. So we're very close with them. So when we came out with this public service, we recognized initially that there's going to be this need at the community level to help manage capacity utilization. But now we're talking to our system partners every day and really hearing in a very nuanced way what are their needs and how are those needs changing as this pandemic has been getting worse. So it's, it's really been Phil and his teams listening to our, our partners, our providers on the front line saying, look, we're now, having, we're now getting overloaded in our call centers to deliver lab results. Can you help us with that? We're really getting overloaded now with people in quarantine, and we need to communicate with them every single day. We just don't have the capacity and resources to, to do that. We have our, you know, our healthcare workers are coming in every day, and wow, they're, they're the heroes, but they could inadvertently be making the problem worse by exposing people to the virus. So we really listened to our partners and understood the needs and, and how they were progressing. And it's happening differently in different parts of the country, which is why New York started with the labs and UCSF started with the employee health screener. So all of them will ultimately likely use all four of these programs, but they were developed really by, by being there early, understanding the value of virtual care, and then listening really closely to the needs of the, of the providers. I'll add that the team at Conversa has really stepped up under, under Murray's leadership. The, the whole team has been galvanized by this and really living up to our mission for supporting patients with convenient access to personalized guidance and care. And this is especially important now as we are embarking on over 1 million confirmed cases. And as the cases continue to skyrocket, the ability to continue to produce these solutions that, that help to scale care and expand capacity dramatically is really just a, a testament to, to our colleagues here and our partners in the health systems that we serve. And it's fair to say that while telehealth and telemedicine has been around for a while with relatively slow uptake for differing reasons, the payment parity recently announced by CMS has probably given you guys a good deal of tailwind to flow with. Is that correct? I think so. Uh, that's right. I think that people are recognizing that virtual care um, is, is going to play a much more prominent role in the future in all of its forms. Traditional telemedicine, and that is synchronous telehealth, oftentimes video visits, um, while that still is certainly going to play a role, I think we now have a broader understanding. And people like Ann Mon Johnson, the new CEO of the American Telemedicine Association, are, are definitely spearheading that broader framework and broader perspective that virtual care must be able to leverage a variety of technologies to be able to scale capacity, provide guidance when and where it's needed. And our reimbursement models are going to need to keep up. We have seen some positive changes in that regard with the Cures Act and with some of the other activities that have happened just in the matter of the last couple of weeks. But, uh, but we will continue to undoubtedly see that expand. Yeah, I, I would add to that, and I agree with everything Phil just said about, you know, this is a wake-up call and accelerant for virtual health broadly. But, but Greg, to your specific question, the, um, the reimbursement, the payment parity laws don't currently apply to 
the non-telehealth type platforms like Conversa, and we, we strongly believe they should because it, it drives health outcomes operationally, financially, clinically, very, very strong ROIs. But for those who haven't yet sat down and experienced it and done the math, having it be reimbursable would, would accelerate putting these platforms in place that would absolutely you know, be bending the cost curve and, and driving um, outcomes in the right direction. Because clearly there's a population health, if not public health, play here. So any barriers in the way dealt with. Right, exactly right. So, I mean, I think it was a great move, you know, to, to make some of the changes that allowed telehealth to be used in this crisis. And but as Phil said earlier, one of the reasons that our screener triage is in such demand is there are five-hour waiting lines. I've heard up to 14 hours. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't work. And so, you know, how do you... How do you increase that virtual capacity using asynchronous means, as, as Phil talked about, to put on the front end? The reason that those lines are so long is this 85% in our estimate of people shouldn't be availing themselves of those visits. They're doing it because it's the only thing they have available. But if they could go through a very, um, a very precise process asynchronously and opt themselves out, get screened out, so that those that need those those visits, those visits are there that available, that available. So it's really. It's really managing the acuity of the population. Obviously, we're seeing it in a very, very extreme, you know, uh, scenario right now with coronavirus. But that scenario exists even, you know, even outside of this, you know, very unusual time. I think it's appropriate to close the, the discussion today with just a recognition of the difficulties that people are having right now, the challenges that they're having, and being able to carry on their daily lives, the ability to resume a, li- a livelihood. Uh, the challenges that healthcare workers have in, in uh, staying safe themselves, the, the challenges in being isolated and being alone. So in recognition of, of those challenges, I think it just behooves us to continue as we do at Converso to have an urgency towards solutions that can help people to effectively get the information that they need through virtual means in a way that's personalized, in a way that doesn't add capacity burden and recognize that this is inevitably, as all of this eventually fades away, will usher in a new era of virtual care. I like it. Phil, Murray, anything to add? Prior to uh, COVID would speak about virtual care, I would say that we're not quite yet at a tipping point, but we're certainly at an inevitability point. It's going to happen. It's clear all the reasons why. We just don't know exactly what the timing will be. And virtual care is certainly the future. And that future has now been pulled into the present. So I think we're at a tipping point. And I think what we'll see is what the world is now seeing with Zoom, where all of a sudden you, you, know, you can't live without it, and it's going to persist beyond this crisis. I think you'll start to see that with, uh, with virtual care in our health system, both in this country and, and around the world. That is the last word on today's broadcast. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Phil Marshall, co-founder and chief product officer, and Murray Brzezinski, CEO of Conversa Health, for their time and generous insights today. For more information, be sure to follow Conversa Health's innovative work on the web via www.conversahealth.com and on Twitter via at Conversa Health. And do follow both Phil and Murray on Twitter via at PhilMarshallMD and M. Brzezinski, that's B-R-O-Z-I-N-S-K-Y, respectively. For This Week in Health Innovation, our sponsor, Health Innovation Media and Healthcare Now Radio. This is Greg Masters saying, please stay safe, everyone, and we'll get through this together. See you on the other side.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.